to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Empathy, a science fiction short story. Mr. Johnson leaned back in his chair, and that was the moment I knew I'd got the job. So, do you think you'd enjoy working here? I nodded. Sure, I'm really excited to be a part of Mugtome. Everyone I've met today seems really nice, so yes, I think I'd enjoy working here. He smiled, perfectly sculpted hair and face seeming slightly plastic in the light. Great, great. Well, it gives me great pleasure to be able to offer you the position here. I think you've got all the skills we're looking for and your enthusiasm is commendable. I grinned, feeling a burst of excitement surge through me. Hot damn yes. Working for Mugtome, the hottest ticket in the social media world, and on their new top-secret project to boot. We shook hands and parted. The rest of the day was a whirlwind of non-disclosure signing, keycards, finding out where the toilets were and where to report the following morning. I drifted through it all on a cloud kept afloat by my own exuberance that lasted long into the night, past drinks with friends and a slap-up meal down the local Indian. Grinning like an idiot, I coasted home and sat in front of the news. The results of the election were top billing, with the usual slew of statistics and graphics whirling their way around me in the virtual space. Tutting slightly drunkenly to myself, I watched Prime Minister Mubaro shaking hands with his rival, the one I'd backed, and then take the podium. His voice was just as boring as every other time he spoke, and I took the headset off, banishing him from my front room. With nothing better to do, I closed my eyes and slept. Mr Johnson was waiting for me the next day, just inside Mugtome's glass-fronted entrance. Ah, Sam, he said, smiling. Welcome to the team. I smiled weakly back, my stomach still feeling like a bag of vomit, and followed him into the cool shade of the foyer. He took me into the depths, past three security guards and one bag check area. My little rucksack, with its lunchbox and bottle of water, was spared only a glance, but the third security guard patted me down thoroughly. His hands were firm, no nonsense, as he probed into the growing sweat patches under the arms of my too small shirt and down the inside leg of my cheap black trousers. Do you, uh, have many security problems? I said as the guard waved me through. My guide shook his head. No, and it's because of these chaps being so diligent, to be honest. They're not just looking for threats, of course, but recording devices and that sort of thing. My hand automatically went to my breast pocket. Um, you have a phone? Johnson laughed. Who doesn't? But they don't work properly here. The tech crew told me it's a kind of Friday cage, whatever that is. Only the hardline stuff, the permitted stuff, works. He shrugged. It's fine by me. We made our way through a huge room filled with booths. It was maze-like, each space large enough for its single occupant and desk, but none of them had the office chairs I was expecting. Instead, everyone was reclining, almost completely laid back with a headset over their eyes. Johnson gestured as we passed. Ever since Mugtome announced that we would be supporting full VR photo uploads, a huge section of our workforce has been redirected. We've had to synergise with businesses all over the world, both affiliated and non, to leverage the best experience for our customers. I nodded, not trusting myself to respond to the words I had understood. But that's where you come in, honestly, Johnson was saying. Basically, we're ready to go beyond simple VR. What's been the biggest challenge up until now? Um, realistic force feedback. Right. You pick up a ball in the virtual world and you want to feel like you're picking up a ball. Well, we've nailed that with the sense gloves and frankly it's about time. We'd moved through the cubicles and up into an echoey glass staircase. We've solved people feeling. 
Now we need to sort people's feelings. How do you mean? We've been developing something in line with our goal to make image and movie viewing a more immersive experience. We'd moved into a new area of cubicles, but these ones looked like sweat boxes. They had padded roofs as well, and the people walking around them were dressed much more casually. My heart sank as I realised that we were heading towards our destination, surely. Or else why would we have stopped on this floor at all? So you look at an image and you feel something, or nothing, I suppose, but we want them to feel something. We want them to look at an image of a starving child and feel empathy for that child. To look at a photo of their beloved and feel that love. And now we can. Like a sort of telepathy. Johnson wheeled round. Exactly right. And here we are, your workstation. He gestured grandly to a felted bunker of grey fabric and black rubber, complete with tiny doorway. Squatting down, he gestured to me to get closer and pointed out the contents of the little room. So in here, you've got your headset, of course, your terminal there, little light so you can see what you're doing, make notes as you go. But here's the genius part. He reached in and snagged hold of a second headset, this one a mass of wires designed to fit on my head like a skullcap. You simply wear this and feel various emotions. The system records them and you tag them and then they're transmitted as infrasonic sound. That's low frequency to you and me. And that's about it for now. He handed me the headset and smiled. You're on the bleeding edge of technology here, Sam. Glad to have you aboard. He held his hand out and I awkwardly juggled the headset around to shake it. Before I could even blurt out a question, he was gone, walking at a decidedly quicker pace back to the staircase. I loosened my tie and crawled into the bunker. Immediately the heat slammed into me like a hammer. It had been hot outside, but the rest of the office was air-conditioned. In here, surrounded by at least two inches of insulation on all sides, beads of sweat popped out on my forehead almost immediately. I flashed my ID at the camera on the top of the screen, and it came on, displaying the blue and white Mugtome corporate logo. Without any preamble, a series of instructions appeared on the screen. Wear cap, see picture, emote, tag, repeat. The skullcap was snug, several small contacts pressing gently into my temples and all around my hairline. A pair of headphones fitted into my ears, and almost immediately I could hear a high tone somewhere off in the distance. I tapped the screen, and the tone wavered around in my head before settling somewhere in the middle and then dropping out of hearing. I strapped the VR headset on and sat back in the chair. A picture flashed up. It was a kitten, apparently sat on my lap. Adorable. Huge blue eyes staring back at me, brilliant white fur, its mouth open in a grinning shout. I grinned back and a little status window popped up. Emotion recorded. Please tag. I typed in some appropriate words and the next picture appeared. My mother incongruously stood in the middle of my darkened cubicle. What the hell? How did they know? But of course, it was all right there on my mugtone profile. Family, friends, anyone who was ever important. A little warning dialogue blocked out the image. Aberrant emotion detected. Emotion not recorded. Try again. I tapped yes and the image came up again. I summoned up every good memory of my mother and tried to feel something. A little wellspring of positive feeling bubbled up as I remembered her picking me up as a child, hugging me on my 21st, her pride as I graduated from uni. The headset made a little noise of acceptance and asked me to tag the feeling. Next was a puppy. A burger. The Eiffel Tower, an entire scene apparently shot from a balcony in Paris. A piano in tones of black and white. Image after image, emotion after emotion, and I barely had time to wipe away the sweat pouring down my face. 
an image of Prime Minister Mabaru was next, and I grimaced. Bad enough that we'd had to see this guy on the TV most nights, but now he'd won the election, he was going to be everywhere. Maybe aberrant emotion detected. I stared at the dialogue box, wondering what I'd done wrong this time. I tapped yes again and the image came back up. He was just stood there, projected onto my eyes through the headset, smiling that rubbery half-smirk you always seem to wear. His suit was tailored, his shoes shiny, he had a kind of unreality about him. Aberrant emotion detected. With a scowl, I muttered, yes, I want to try again. This time, the window was back a second later. Aberrant emotion detected. Would you like to participate in emotion reassignment? I read it for a moment, my finger hovering over the yes option. I'd been here less than two hours. It wasn't even lunchtime. Was this sort of thing normal, or had I broken it already? Before I could decide, the words vanished, replaced by automatic emotion reassignment active. A low tone sounded in my ears, just on the edge of hearing, and I squinted my eyes, trying vainly to hear it more sharply. In front of me, the image of Mabaru grew slightly larger, and a thin white aura appeared around him. As I stared at his face, it seemed to change, subtly morphing. The smile became more genuine. The eyes crinkled in a way that made them seem friendly. Hadn't they always been like that, though? His whole body posture seemed to relax, and I realised that he wasn't all that bad-looking. Confident. Assured. In fact, the country would probably be better off with him at the helm. The dull roar of the headset died away and a little window popped up. Emotion reassigned. Thank you. I stared at it. Nothing had happened. Just the image of Mabaru, same as before, the suave and genial man for whom I felt nothing but confidence. The picture lingered on for a moment, and then it was gone and I felt a small note of loss. Then the next image flashed into being. A nightclub, hot bodies moving against each other, and all thought of Mabaru was banished from my mind. I had work to do, after all. <laughs>